to the Dietitian Values Podcast, a space for conversations that go beyond lip speak, challenge the status quo, and hopefully create a space where we can learn and unlearn in connection and community. Join me, Laura Jean, accredited practicing dietitian, as I brain up my thoughts, chat with insightful guests, and create a space where we'll probably end up with more questions than answers, but also a space for encouraging and inspiring accountable action. Let's dive in. Dietitian Values Podcast. Today I want to talk to you about marketing and particularly I want to just offer up a reframe or a different way of thinking about aspects of marketing that sometimes can make us feel uncomfortable, particularly at the pointy end of marketing where we start you know, crossing over into the selling part of marketing. And so for a lot of health professionals, and perhaps you can relate, and the dietitians I work with and coach and hold space for, that when it gets to that point where you you know there's the opportunity to make an offer or where you know you get to the end of a session or the end of a workout um workout <laughs> a workshop or the end of a program you know a group you've been running a group with people for a certain amount of time or maybe you're at the end of a package with um, somebody you're working with and it's a natural time a natural opportunity to let them know how they can get more support to offer them a way to work with you further. And this can feel uncomfortable for a couple of reasons. Firstly, as health professionals, we're not really trained to talk about our services as far as like promoting people to work more with us, right? We're used to people either having a need or like we're trained to be that we don't really have to um, you know, talk about what we do. It's almost like the, you know, the field of dreams, build it and they will come, become a dietitian, physio, whatever, and the, and people will know they need you. So that can work within the health system, which is for most health professions, even though the, you know, the outside environment's changing and evolving very rapidly, um, the internal training space is still training for, you know, at least minimum 20 years ago. I mean, I graduated from uni 20 years ago and pretty much everyone in my cohort stepped out into a job within six months and that in that environment most people stepped out to jobs in the public health system in some way in hospitals outpatients you know research all different spaces but most people stepped out into a job and our training hasn't really evolved quickly enough to match the changes of um, what's happening where for most people it's going into private practice or even within the US system you know you're you're going into like private entities where your services are being sold, right? Even within the health system now, we're moving, particularly in Australia, moving to like activity-based funding where departments like individual health departments have to actually cost out services and to basically, you know, quote unquote, sell like in the traditional sense. So there's that piece in our our training and not that our training has to cover everything, but just the way we're set up, the mindset, the way we're thought to think about how our services exist within, you know, the kind of the, the helping health model is that people will just kind of show up, you know, people will just know they need our services and come come running, right? Um, and the reality is it's not not the case. You know, people don't necessarily know unless they're in those kind of points of like high high need or unless they're super highly motivated humans who are like finding out the information or somebody told them, right, to come and see us, the doctor, whatever. 
to be honest, we often know how those kind of referrals go anyway. So we've got that part on one side, right? So there's that. On the other side is then, so if we're thinking, okay, well, now I'm going to be a health professional in private practice, in business. And most of us think, again, traditionally, it's thought of as private practice versus being a business owner or an entrepreneur. Um, And so then it's like, oh, I've got to get people to, you know, sign up to work with me. And so then you look for the ways to do that, right? How do I get clients? How do I get people that want to work with me? And in the traditional business model, which is built off products and which is built off, um, you know, services, I suppose, that are clear, are clearer around the selling side of things or don't have that different grounding in a different set of values or a different way of being, um, what we find is we find it's called selling, right? It's called sales, And I remember uh, in my first business, 2007, so like, you know, some of you might not have been born. I'm just joking. I'm not quite that old yet. Um, (laughs) Soon enough. Uh, But I can remember like this health professional, I went to like a training and, and they were like, you're in the business of selling. And I agree with that to an extent in that, yes, we are selling our services, but this is the reframe I want to offer up because often that doesn't feel comfortable, right? The idea of selling ourselves or our products or our services or selling to people can feel a bit uncomfortable. And yes, you can just work on getting comfortable with that idea. You're a salesperson now, you're in business, private practice, you're selling something. We are to a degree. What I found over my, because the whole reason that dietitian values or this, the way I work exists is because when I was trying to build businesses, I couldn't see anyone talking about how to bridge that gap between the values I practiced by and held as a clinician and the values, um, like how to bring those into doing business and doing business in a, in a way that actually takes care of me as well as taking care of the humans I wanted to share my work with. And so what I found really helpful or the reframe that I want to offer up is to, instead of thinking it as selling, and instead of sticking our head in the sand and just being like crossing our fingers, I hope people want to work with me. Some people will um, without the ask and without the, without the information is to think of it more about giving people information. So when you're working with somebody in one-to-one or in a group, right, you know that part of your role is to hold space and also to give people information if they need it, right? If you're running a group on, you know, how to support people to, let's say, lower their cholesterol or to manage their cholesterol, um, and you're going to give them information on things that work for that. Yes, you're going to tailor it. Yes, you're going to create a, um, a space where it fits for the person. But at the end of the day, in the back of your head, you're going to be like, these are some of the things that I'm going to be holding and I'm going to offer those up when they're needed. One of the ways people get more information and get more support to, because let's let's just pause, let's just backtrack before I go into this reframe a little bit. I mean, I've already kind of talked to it. Why do you have your business? Why are you out here working, like trying to build a business, trying to share your services with, with other people? You don't, it's a rhetorical question. I can't hear your answer. Feel free to share it with me though, if you want to reach out. For most of us, it is because we have something we want to share. We've got information. We're really, maybe we're really good at holding space um, for people to find their own um, own way. Maybe we're really good at translating, you know, food science information into practical application for people. Maybe you have a certain lived experience which allows you to run the information that people need through a certain filter. So you're great at working with humans who perhaps need um, the information translated in a certain way or, or filtered through something else. Maybe you're just are passionate about people 
having a relationship with food and their bodies that allows them to live the life they want to live, right? So there's a reason you do what you do. Why do you do it? You clearly believe in what you do. You clearly believe that by holding a space for people to work with you, that there is something to offer there. Or you believe that people need what you have to offer. You want people to be able to live the life they want to be living, whether that's to heal their relationship with food or their bodies, whether that's to feel a bit more free around moving their bodies, be kinder to themselves, have more compassion, um, to just get out there and be happy, whatever it might be. You have a purpose to what you're doing. So what if when it comes to those opportunities where you might say this, like, you know, what would have traditionally been called selling, you're closing up a workshop, you're ending a session with somebody and there's no kind of like, you know, there's no continuity yet. And so this, you know, the, what we're looking for is those opportunities or those times when you can share what you're up to, share your services. And Again, we can start to get uncomfortable as that moment comes clear, comes closer, you know, like, oh, no, I've, now I've got to say, now I've got to talk. Maybe they'll think I'm selling. Maybe they'll think that I'm trying to pressure them. So what? this is where the reframe comes in. What if it, instead of you thinking about it as trying to sell them, trying to make them say yes, trying to convince them, as just one more bit of information that you offer them, one more opportunity you open them up to, hey, and here's some examples, like, you know, I'll give you some examples of, of ways because your services, what you do, your business is information. It's an opportunity. And so if we think about it like that, offering up an opportunity to people versus selling them something or trying to make them say yes to working with you, because that's often the thoughts that are going through our head. So what if we just think of it in that way? Um, and for example, You've just run a group or you've done a workshop, a presentation somewhere. It's coming towards the end of it. And why did you do this workshop? Yes, to share your information. But if you're running a business, probably in the hope that some of those people might be interested in working with you down the track or talking about your services to other people that could be. And so if that is what you want and that is what some people might want as well, they want to know how to work with you, you can offer it up. Okay, so thanks for your time today. Here's an example. Thanks for your time today. It's been great to connect and to share this information. I hope it's been useful. If you've got questions, please reach out. Here are my contact details. If you want any more support, these are the services I offer um, and feel free to reach out if that would feel like a good fit for you. Or feel free if you, you know, if you know anybody who would benefit from this, feel free to pass it on. So rather than us thinking of, you know, so another thing that I did back in like my early days of the online business world is I did this course called Speak to Sell, um, which was all about doing like webinars or live speaking events and then using that to, you know, quote unquote sell. And the tactics in that was very much about, okay, build it up. And we've all been on those webinars, right, where it's like 90% fluff and then it's just this big sell at the end. And because we've experienced that, we don't want to give other people that experience. But because of the way we overthink things, perfectionism, hello, um, we often then think that any kind of mention of our services is going to feel like that to other people. Instead, if we can use this reframe and think about, okay, well, what if we just think about as I'm going to give you some information on an opportunity, on this oppor- on the opportunity to get more support if you want it. The op- the thing to say yes or no is 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 in their court. And you can compare it to um, if you're familiar with the Ellen Satter division of responsibility. Now, 
Ellen Satter approach, there's some problems there, there's some problematic pieces. But if we liken it to the whole idea of parents provide, children decide, when it comes to this opportunity, you know, this part of a, um, I I keep pausing when I say opportunity because I'm just going to tangent here. I don't mean it like, you know, I've also been in coaching spaces where it's like, if you've got this thing, you're doing people a disservice to not tell them. It's the opportunity, you're opening them up for the opportunity to invest in themselves and invest in their health and that kind of almost BS, right? Like it's 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 sales with, um you know, a shit sprinkled in glitter. It sales with like just words, it's lip speak. So I have hesitated a few times to said opportunity because I don't want you to conflate it with that whole concept of like, a bullshit reframe of like being like, oh, well, no, here is the opportunity now for you to live your best life. Yes, that might be what you do or for you to to take charge or for you to make change in your life. Yes, that might be what you're doing. But, you know, that real kind of, yeah, faux, <laughs> faux opportunity kind of idea. What I'm talking about and which is why I've hesitated a couple of times as I've said the word opportunity is what I mean more is like, it's just an opportunity for somebody to say yes, an invitation. And if they want to, yes, no, that's up to them, right? Um, if you look at it, you giving them information. Similarly, if, you know, someone said, oh, what can I do to, you know, I'll use the cholesterol example. So what can I do to reduce my cholesterol? You might say, okay, well, here are some options. These are different things that we can do. What would be a fit for you in your lifestyle, in what's going on for you? Or you might, you know, reverse engineer that and collect information and, you know, through conversation with the person and then only give forward the information and recommendations that are a good fit. Um, So we're doing that. So if we think of it and we extrapolate it at the same way um, and we think, okay, well, you can offer up information for them if they want more support and they can decide what's the best fit for them. Right. So at the end of a workshop, at the end of a session, at the end of a package or whatever, and when you can go, okay, and if you want more support, I have this, I have my one to one services, I have this package and I also have this program. So let me know. Um, And again, there's that whole idea of like you've got to sign people up on the spot. And, it, and we don't need to pendulum swimming away from that by avoiding talking about things. There can be the opportunity where you go, oh, there, there is like if, if you want, if you know that's something that's going to be a good fit for you, we can, we can sort that out today or just get back to me when it is, when it does work for you. Now, in traditional marketing business and sales, there'll be an insertion of urgency and scarcity at this point pushing pain points to try and manipulate someone to say yes. That's when our marketing, our, it, it, it can it branches over into that fully like skeezy salesy space. But we are in business. So we are offering people opportunities to work with us in exchange for payment, right? So it is a sale. You know, it is. I'm not trying to be semantics and trying to pretend like we're not selling something. We are. And we're doing it in a way where we're giving the other person full autonomy to say yes or no, and where we can avoid using those tactics that create unnecessary pressure, that create that push on those social and human drivers that make people want to say yes, even if they're not ready. So scarcity, urgency, and FOMO. Um, so in traditional marketing, those things are leveraged. Like I've, you've probably been in training. If you've done any marketing stuff or read books or whatever, it's like leveraging those things is like the pinnacle. It's like the foundation of traditional marketing. We don't have to play that game. Some things will have natural scarcity or urgency. For example, the program starts on the 1st of May. So there's a, um, it's not urgency, but there is a deadline. Oh, just hit my 
pop filter. Sorry if that was a big noise. So when it's real, then you can let people know that. So if you want to work together, I've got one-to-one services. I've got these packages and I do have a group program. It starts on the 1st of May. Um, but you can also, to remove that urgency or scarce, you can say, and I run it once, uh, whatever, whatever the frequency is for your thing. So you might have things like where people can sign up to that, but you also might have a wait list where people can put their name on um, so that they can, you know, so that you can reduce that scarcity piece, um, um, urgency piece, sorry. Scarcity is often around numbers, you know, only only this many spots left. But if there is only this many spots left, that's okay information to give somebody. I've got one-to-one spots. I have capacity to take on two more people this month and this is where you can reach out if it works for you. That's very different than there's only two more spots left. There's, only, you know, that real leveraging or complete like, bullshit making up that there's only limited times or limited spots available. Um, So it's okay if there is urgency and scarcity that is just part of the way you work or the part of the way things are structured. That's fine. Communicating that and communicating it in a way where it puts that urgency and scarcity into perspective. So you're letting people know, yes, I do only have one spot, but each month or each six months or however, whatever you're freaking, you know, let people know that next bit of information, but I will be opening up next spots, new spots in whenever, whenever that's happening, there will be another group running on these dates. Or again, you might not have a plan. It might be the final time you're running something. This group starts on this. I will let you know it's the final time I'll be running to this group. However, if the fit isn't right, then there, there is still one-to-one options and there is X, Y, Z. So we can position our things where we can put that urgency and scarcity in perspective. FOMO, fear of missing out tactics, you know, they're ones just to be mindful of um, in our marketing and mindful that people, even us, right? Like you've probably, you might've signed up to something because you were worried you might miss out. And maybe it's not just missing out on the program, but missing out on that opportunity to, you know, reach that next, whatever it is that you were, you were hoping for. Maybe it was a goal or maybe it was getting more information. And so again, we can keep that in perspective. Here's the opportunities to work with me um, and just know that you can reach out to me. We can set that up now, but you can also reach out to me at any point in the future. This service is here. There's no rush. You're not going to miss out on anything. You know, it's here when you're ready. And you can give people the information they need to come to their own conclusion, whether that's a yes or a no. And so positioning how you market and how you talk about what you do, your services and your offers, not as that um, trying to push people, trying to convince people, but simply giving people enough information, offering them the opportunity and leaving it in their hands. And so I'm not sure if that lands for you. Um, the reason I thought about this is actually I was talking about it with a, with somebody I'm working with in coaching and it really resonated for them. And it's also a way that I have found just in myself to kind of make make kind of peace with that weird feeling I used to have around selling Um, to think of it less about trying to sell less about trying to make the sale and simply about trying to provide people with enough opportunity information that they can um, know what's available know like you know the prices the times and all that kind of bizzo so that they can say yes if it's a fit for them and they can say no if they if they don't need it as well so 
I'd love to hear from you how that lands um, and if this is something that you've got comments, questions or concerns about, please reach out. And if this is something that resonates and maybe it's something you've been having a conversation with people in your business entrepreneurial circle or maybe it's something you know that other people who do this work would really enjoy hearing, then please feel free to share this episode. Um, I really appreciate when you share the podcast because that's how new people find it. Um, So questions, comments, concerns, send them my way. Reach out at Dietitian Values over on Instagram or Laura at dietitianvalues.com via email. And until next time, bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you and the time you've given to me. If you like what you heard, please share it with your dietitian besties and subscribe on your platform of choice. Want more like this? Come follow along and continue the combo on Instagram where I hang out at Dietitian Values. I'm so grateful for you and the opportunity to connect. Have a good one. Catch you next time on the Dietitian Values Podcast. The Dietitian Values Podcast is recorded on the unceded lands of the Ngambri and Ngunnawal people. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging.